Okay, well, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 11 is where we're going to be tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, like we did last week, uh, we're only going to look at one verse. And uh, I'll read it out loud, and you follow along silently the first time, and then we'll read it again, and we'll read it together, all right? Uh, Hebrews 11 and verse number 31. Hebrews eleven thirty-one. The Bible says this, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And let's read it one more time all together. Ready, begin. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Uh, Father, thank you for a wonderful day. Uh, now as we look into your word, I pray that uh, you would uh, encourage us and and uh, meet our needs as only you can. And I uh, pray, Lord, you'd bless this time now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, we're going through this uh, series, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, Living by Faith. And we've been studying many different uh, Old Testament uh, heroes of the faith. We have looked at giants of the faith like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. Um, and then last week we looked at Joshua and the nation of Israel as they entered into the promised land and uh, were able to defeat a pretty strong and fortified city called Jericho by simply walking around it, playing some musical instruments and yelling. And uh, that is what God used to uh, destroy that city. And in that message last week, we learned that God's will doesn't always make sense. Uh, we learned that God's will is not always easy. God's will requires trust and obedience, but that God's will is always the best possible option. And uh, we looked at how the Lord did indeed cause those walls of Jericho to come crumbling down because the people were obedient to the will of God. And so that's what we looked at last week, and we have seen some of these giants of the faith, and then now we come to an interesting individual uh, named Rahab in verse number 31. And uh, the Bible simply says here, uh, the first, uh, I guess, uh, five words of the verse says, by faith, the harlot Rahab, and uh, kind of a strange uh, person to be putting in this list of wonderful, godly people who did some great things, and now we have a harlot that's mentioned. Interesting. Uh, I read about a story back in 2007, so this is, oh, I guess, 14 years ago. A man named Wesley Autry, a New York City resident and construction worker, performed a tremendous act of heroism in the New York City subway. How many have been to New York and uh, ridden the subway? Okay. Yeah, I took Julie back there in 2016, and uh, we enjoyed uh, some time there in New York. Uh, it was a nice visit. I don't think we'd like to live there. <laughs> I'll take Oklahoma over New York City any day of the week. Um, well, a 19-year-old film student suffered a terrible seizure and fell onto the subway tracks. 
Uh, this man, Wesley Autry, jumped onto the tracks and pulled the student to safety, actually lying on top of him while the train moved past. It was uh, quite an act of heroism. Uh, since then, he had been awarded the bronze medallion. Rec he was recognized by the President of the United States during the State of the Union Address and listed in Time Magazine's 2007 100 Most Influential People. He said, just following the incident, I don't think I did anything spectacular. I just saw someone who needed help and did what I thought was right. Autry went on to become known by the media as the Subway Samaritan, as the Subway Superman, as the hero of Harlem, and the Subway Hero. Now, most heroes end up just being ordinary people who, in the time of trouble, get courageous in a big way. And tonight we come to an unlikely individual that is listed among the heroes of the faith. Tonight we come to Rahab the harlot. And some lessons that I want to look at, um, hopefully we'll learn some lessons as we go through this message tonight. But first I want us to look tonight at, number one, Rahab's reputation. Rahab's reputation. And we're going we're gonna to see how Rahab becomes, how she becomes a trophy of grace. But Rahab's reputation... Verse number 31 tells us what that is, by faith, the harlot, Rahab. Uh, her reputation was, was not great, and of course, this story goes all the way back to the book of uh, Joshua, and if you would uh, head over there, uh, let's look at uh, what ends up happening here with, with Rahab's life. Joshua chapter number 2, the Bible says in verse number 1, Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the, view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out the country. We'll stop there for a moment. Uh, in Hebrews chapter number 11, and we'll stay here in Joshua chapter number 2, but in Hebrews chapter 11, as we go through what's considered the hall of faith, all these men and women listed there, and, and uh, for all of eternity, forever recorded in the eternal word of God, there are two women mentioned by name in that particular chapter. Who knows the first one? Starts with S and rhymes with Mara. Sarah. Sarah was mentioned and also Rahab, the only two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 11 by name. There's other women who uh, were referred to. I think uh, Moses' uh, mom was, was referred to. But uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, there are only two women named, uh, mentioned by name, Sarah and Rahab. Very different reputations, right? Sarah had a pure reputation. Rahab, her reputation was that she was a harlot, a prostitute. See, everybody in Jericho knew Rahab to be of ill repute, that she was a bad girl. Rahab was a pagan living in, a, in spiritual darkness there in Jericho. This was uh, not, a, not a place where they worshiped the Lord at all. They had really very little knowledge of who God was and uh, did that which was right in their own eyes and uh, worshiped false gods. And uh, so she was a pagan living in spiritual darkness. 
She was also a harlot living in sinful depravity, uh, doing things that were obviously very sinful and uh, doing things that uh, she ought not do. And she was a Canaanite bound for sure destruction. Um, she was in Jericho, and Jericho was about to be destroyed. And uh, she was going to be killed with her family. And yet this woman ended up becoming a trophy of grace through faith and was completely transformed despite her, her terrible reputation. A preacher of yesteryear, Dr. Adrian Rogers, said, Nature forms us, sin deforms us, the world conforms us, education informs us, but praise the Lord, faith transforms us. And uh, so that's what ended up happening with Rahab here. She had a horrible past. Her reputation was terrible. And yet God did a great work in her life and was able to use her in a very special way. So I'd like to take this opportunity tonight to say that your past does not have to define you. Uh, I know that not everybody has uh, the best reputation, and we all have skeletons in our closet. Uh, my wife, you know, got saved when she was four years old, and so I don't know how, how terrible those skeletons are, uh, but <laughs> we all have sin in our life, and even, even since our salvation, there's still things in our lives that you know, are, are not things that we've done that we're not real proud of. I think all of us are in that boat. And uh, tonight you may be sitting here and you go, you know, I've done some terrible things in my past, but that does not mean that God cannot use you today and in the future. And Rahab is a tremendous example of this. You see, no, what, no matter what type of reputation you think you may have, the only reputation that really matters is your rep reputation in God's eyes. And here's what a reputation is to God according to His Word, Psalm 14. In verse number 1, the Bible says this, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And I know maybe we're thinking, oh, well, those are the other people out there. Um, well, let me keep reading here. It says, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And so that includes me, and that includes you. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, verse 2 says. And, and what did he say? Is, what did he see as he looked down from, the, from heaven upon the children of men? Uh, he, he looked to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And what did he find? He found that they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. So all of us are sinners, and our reputation in God's eyes is we're all people of ill repute. In God's eyes. Now, Romans chapter number 3 puts it this way, a continuation of this thought. In verse number 9, Paul says, What then, are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. So if, you're, if you say, well, I'm, I'm Jewish, great. Or I'm not Jewish, I'm a, I'm a Gentile, great. We're all under sin. It doesn't really matter what you call yourself. We're all under sin. And verse 10 says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. 
With their tongues have they used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's our reputation in God's eyes. So before we kind of look down our nose, and we look, talked a little bit about that this morning in the service, uh, this morning, but... Before we look down our nose at Rahab and say, how could you do something like that? How could you become that? Uh, All of us in God's eyes are sinners. And uh, we're all bound for a Christless hell. But despite our reputation before men or before God, Romans 5.20 is in the Bible as well. And Romans 5.20 says, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Can I get an amen there? Thank you. Uh, Grace did much more abound. You say, man, I've got some terrible sin in my past. God's grace is greater. We sung about that this evening, didn't we? Grace greater than our sin. Marvelous grace. It is greater than our sin. And so, yes, she had a terrible reputation, but guess what? You and I, as sinners by birth and by choice, also have a terrible reputation as well. That leads me to number two tonight, Rahab's redemption. Yes, Rahab had a bad reputation, but that was no match for God's grace. God's grace was greater. And uh, picking it back up in Joshua chapter number 2, I want to uh, look at the, the story here and, and, and read through what ended up, when it ended up happening. Verse number 3, the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. So evidently it came, uh, king, the king got word that these two men entered into uh, Rahab's home. Verse 4, And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And uh, there's, a, there's another message in this about, you know, he, here she kind of tells a lie. Is it okay to ever tell a lie? Uh, that's, a, that's a different message for a different time. Uh, but for tonight, I want to look at her redemption and, and see how she was saved. Verse 5, and it came to pass about the time of shutting the gate when it was dark that the men went out. Whither the men went, I I wot not. Here's her continued story. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall yet overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords. As soon as they they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. So now there was no exit for these men who were hidden in her house. So verse 8, before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto them, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. So there was, there was some things that she was hearing about what was going on with the nation of Israel, and the Lord was already working in Rahab's heart and in her life. She had heard about this, and she, she said this. I mean, this is what she said. I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. 
It's interesting to note that the Lord was working in Rahab's heart and, and preparing her for um, wanting to get her to, to come to him for salvation. And, and so the Lord sends these, these two spies, these two men to her house on purpose because the Lord was already, already preparing her heart for the message that they were about to share with her. Uh, that's how good God is. Um, let's see here in verse number 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When, he came, when you came up out of Egypt and what you did under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Shihon, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. I mean, the Lord was absolutely working in Rahab's heart. Verse 12, Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that ye say, you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. The man answered her, Our life for yours. If ye utter not this, our business, it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. In verse 15, then she let them down by a cord through the window. Anybody know what color that cord was? It was a scarlet colored cord. And we'll learn that here in a moment. For her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. She said to them, get you to the mountains lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourself there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, you may go your way. She kind of knew the process of those who were uh, trying to capture them. And uh, she knew what they would do. So she had it all worked out. Verse 17, And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, we shall come into the land, and thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whatsoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be upon our head, if any hand be upon him. And then verse 21. Uh, well, let me read verse 20. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. In verse 21, she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away. They departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. She did what the men of God said to do. See, after the spies explained the rules for her and her family, salvation, she says in Joshua 22, 21, according to your words, so be it. James calls these two men in James chapter number 2 and verse 25, messengers. So they were more than just spies. They were actually spokesmen of God, and they were speaking God's word. And so why did Rahab have faith? Because she said, so be it according to the word. When we talk about real faith, what is real biblical faith? Well, it's not just confidence. It's not just positive thinking. It's not wishing upon a star. It's not a leap in the dark. Real faith is taking God at his word. And that's what Rahab did. 
She said, according unto your words, so be it. Romans 10 and verse number 17 tells us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So these men that were sent uh, to spy out the land and to uh, go to Jericho, kind of check it out. Uh, they also were the messengers of God and giving Rahab a way of salvation. And she chose to believe what they had to say. And at that moment, she went from a child of hell to a citizen of heaven. She went from a call girl to a converted girl. She went from, dis went from disgrace to dignity, from the house of shame to the hall of faith, from a zero to a hero, and it was because she was transformed by the grace of God. There's been a scarlet line that has run all the way through the whole Bible. Um, it's always been a scarlet line, that a scarlet thread that uh, we can be saved by. You think back in the Garden of Eden when God made coats of skin for Adam and Eve. He had to shed the blood of an innocent animal to do that. And then when Abel offered his lamb and God had respect toward Abel's lamb rather than to Cain's vegetables, there again you see the shed blood of an innocent animal. And then when you see Abraham offering Isaac there on Mount Moriah, there is a ram caught in the thicket. And that ram becomes a substitute. And there you see the blood of an innocent animal that provided salvation for Isaac. When you see the thousands of smoking altars in the tabernacle in the Jewish temple as the blood was shed, you see God saying over and over and over again, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Then finally, when you see Jesus, the innocent lamb of God, lay down his life and you see him allow his body to be broken and his blood to be shed as he is scourged, you see his blood shed as the crown of thorns is pounded into his head. You see his blood shed as the nails pierced his hands and his feet to the old rugged cross. And then, if that wasn't enough, after he gave up the ghost, they threw that spear into his side and out came blood and water. Jesus shed his blood for us. You see, uh, salvation comes through the blood. God saving her did not justify that lie, and again, that's a little more for a different time. But God saved her for one reason only, her faith in the Word of God and her willingness to save those spies. I think about Saul of Tarsus. He was also a man of, uh, we would consider as Christians, a man of ill repute. He was a man who tried to destroy and kill Christians. That's what he made his whole life's purpose to be about, to try to eradicate Christianity and eradicate Christians altogether. I mean, could God's grace be greater than that? Yes, it was. Because as Paul or Saul was on his way to Damascus to try to destroy more Christians, a great light shone from heaven and he fell down. And he was miraculously and gloriously saved because God's grace is greater. And he, he was redeemed just like Rahab was redeemed by faith through grace. And so we see Rahab's redemption. And then number three, last thought here as we wrap it up tonight, Rahab's reward. 
Because of her faith, what ended up happening? There were three special rewards and blessings that Rahab enjoyed because of her step of faith. First of all, and most, most practically, she and her family were saved. If your Bible's open to Joshua chapter 2, if you go to chapter number 6, in verse number 20, this is a little bit of a flashback to last Sunday night. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. But, verse 22, Joshua had said unto the two men, that had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and bring out thence that woman and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. So she was saved because she had that faith. So she and her family were saved. Another blessing that uh, she got to enjoy was the fact that she was listed among the heroes of the faith. It's remarkable to me that the Holy Spirit said, let's make sure Rahab gets in there. And let's not hide who she was to point to the fact that God's grace is greater than any of our sins. It doesn't matter what background we have, God's grace is greater. And so she was listed among the heroes of the faith, but perhaps one of the most wonderful privileges that she had was that she was also listed among the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. This person with the background that she had had the amazing privilege of being in that that line of Christ. If you turn to Matthew chapter number 1, and I want to show you this. This is so neat. Matthew chapter 1, of course, is the one of the genealogies of the Lord Jesus. And in verse number 1, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham beget Isaac. Isaac beget Jacob. Jacob beget Judas and his brethren. Judas beget Phares and Zarah of Tharmar. And Phares beget Esram. And Esram beget Aram. And Aram beget Abinadab. And Abinadab beget Nason. And Nason beget Salmon. And Salmon beget Boaz of Rechab or Rahab. And Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David the king, and David the king, and on it goes till we get to verse 16, Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So we find Rahab mentioned in the line of Christ. She actually becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David. Rahab does. She was a harlot. Are you serious? God would want to use somebody like that? Yeah. As I think about the fact that I'm here serving the Lord with you, 
It's pretty amazing that God would want to use somebody like me. If God can use somebody like Rahab, and God can use somebody like me, God can use somebody like you too. And so don't let your past be an excuse, or don't let the devil cause that to be a reason that you don't think you can serve the Lord, because you absolutely can. God can use you in a great way. And don't let the devil tell you that, oh, well, yeah, you have a past. Yeah, we all have a past. And when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because he's going to go to a hell, and he's going to be there forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm looking forward to the day when he gets cast in that lake of fire forever. I'm going to be cheering probably the loudest. But don't let the Lord... Or don't let the devil tell you that, hey, because of your past, you can't do anything for God. That's so, such a lie, because here we see a lady who, her past was not excellent, but God was able to uh, do great and mighty things with her. Well, let's have a word of prayer tonight, and uh, we'll uh, continue on with our business meeting here in a moment. Lord, thank you for uh, this lady, Rahab. Thank you for her faith in you. And Lord, it's neat to see how you were already working in her heart. And then you sent these men to, uh, to tell her how that she could be saved. And Lord, thank you for giving us a, a way of salvation as well through also the scarlet thread of your blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And Lord, if there's one here tonight that's never been saved, oh, I pray they come to Christ and be saved. And Lord, I pray that all of us would uh, decide to rise up and live by faith. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to also not ever use our past as an excuse or let the devil uh, tell us that we can't do anything for you because of our past. Lord, help us to be trophies of grace, just like Rahab was. Lord, I thank you for her life and, and how she placed her faith in you and the blessings that she received because of 